0: Hi, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ecom Think Tank. My name is Daniel Kahn, and today we're talking about a topic that I think every digital marketer could really relate to. Um, it's all about how to really track and set up uh, integrations to be able to collect uh, meaningful data and use your data in a meaningful way uh, for your website and to be able to take and, and get meaningful insights from your data. And I guess Uh, The biggest challenge of of doing all this is actually getting everything set up in the first place. Um, And, you know, dealing with developers and dealing with integrations, it's a a total pain in the neck. Um, And I'm talking today with Paul Boyce, who is the co-founder and CEO of a really cool platform called Popcorn Metrics. Um, And when we came across Popcorn Metrics, uh, my jaw nearly dropped because I was so excited about the solution that they have that really... Like reduces and minimizes the the headache of integrating uh, a lot of these platforms to to then be able to extract uh, you know really good insights and information from uh, these tools. So I so Paul, thanks for thanks for joining us today. You're welcome, Daniel. Hi, Uh, great to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before I sort of keep going on my little ramble, maybe (laughs) maybe you can just give us an. A little background about popcorn metrics and, and how it works and what it actually does and then we can sort of talk a little bit more about you know, um, the, how it actually benefits online retailers and, and digital marketers in general. Sure, I'd, I'd love to do that. Uh, so,
1: to give you a very high level, um, we make it easy for non-technical people, which is generally marketers or can also be product managers. To capture the kind of data that they need about how their users are actually interacting on their website or web app, um, and we make it really easy to capture that data and then send that data into marketing tools, into analytics tools, so that they can then improve their business, improve their conversions, improve their ROI, hmm. uh, and also work on their channels. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of what we focus on.
0: Right. Um, right.
1: We kind okay. of launched the. Go on. Sorry.
0: Yeah. No. I was just. I was just going to say, for like for people listening, um, I think the the amazing thing about Popcorn Metric is is the way you can actually um, start tracking data. So if you're familiar with um, you know event tracking information, uh, saying Google Analytics, um, typically what you actually have to do is you have to go to a developer and you have to give them a script and you have to tell them which part of the page you want to track. And I guess um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's how you know um how i 'm understanding it with popcorn yeah. metrics is that you guys actually uh provide uh, like a page overlay, and a marketer could really just select anywhere on the page uh, to track that particular event that they 'd like to track, and they don't require uh, having to go to developers and having to you know install code and scripts on pages and then it's like a much more seamless process of being able to track information and then being able to push that information um to other platforms, right?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a, a very good summary. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's basically what we do. And the reason the reason that we do that um, is that if I kind of wind back a little bit before we started the company, I was previously working in a, an e-commerce startup. It was a two-sided marketplace, but to a large in- intent, it was an e-commerce um, business. And... I was trying to set up these third-party tools because yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to understand how our users were behaving on the platform. I wanted to set up really nice conversion funnels so I could kind of see the key stages, and and I actually wanted to integrate some tools like it, like Segment and Mixpanel, mm. and I sort of struggled because it, exactly what you just described right there—the opening up the code and deciding where you're going to put in these little snippets of code that will, that will send events from different parts of, of a product, it's very time consuming, yeah. um, and it's very fiddly. Mm. Um, and at the time, our software development was outsourced, so we were incredibly conscious of whenever we spent, every feature was basically costed, right. um, and if I wanted to, let's say, um, track the flow through the funnel, we'll talk about this a little bit more as we go a little bit deeper. Mm. But for me to track that, I needed to spec that up. I then needed to um send that to our developers in uh in our source company. Um, the work would also then get costed, so there would be a specific cost on that, and there would also be a. it would need to be prioritized. So I was then competing against right. other work that was also going on.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, and, I I I have I've got the same experience. Yeah.
1: And and it's it's that. Half the battle is, you know, is getting the code, but the yeah. other part of it is just competing to get in, the, in those priorities because, you know, every technology business and e-commerce is a technology business. Um, you know, there there's always competition for what features get rolled out. And as a marketer, the, your request to capture some data might not get the kind of response that you want from the dev team because they're right. like, "Hey, we're busy building this new cool yeah. Um, feature."
0: <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> so, you end up in in wars with the developers. Yeah, um, it, yeah. and, and, it, and then they start questioning your code and well, what's it going to do and what, what information are they capturing and then you've got to justify yourself to a bunch of developers. Ex- um, exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs>
1: uh, and once, you, once you've won that battle, then you're in the development <laughs> pipeline and then it might take, you might then go in the next release and the next release might be, um, depending on the cycle, it might yeah. be two weeks later or four weeks later or yeah. six or eight weeks. So it's that delay time. Yeah. And, and whenever we built Popcorn Metrics, what we wanted to do was basically take away all of that pain for a marketer and just say, look, let's put the power in your own hands. Let's enable you to open up your own website directly in our tool and then just literally click on whatever you want to track, click on the information that you want to capture, and just publish that. Yeah. So it would be live in literally 30 seconds later that data is firing from your website straight into your analytics tools.
0: Yeah. And, it, and it
1: bypasses that, you know, that friction between the, yeah. the, dev, the dev team and the marketers.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it enables marketers to move way faster. And it's interesting, actually, one of our customers told me a really interesting story in that they wanted to make a change inside their product. And they, in order, in order to justify making that change, they needed to capture the data to make their case. So they actually use Popcorn metrics to capture the data to justify making the changes for <laughs> their, their dev team. That's so, really funny. Yeah. So that's our goal, really. And, and, and the easier we can make that for
0: our customers,
1: the better. That yeah. Is the
0: whole. No, I think it's amazing. And, and for people listening as well, just to tr- maybe try and visually paint that picture a little bit more as well is, um, you know, like a couple of years ago, um, you know, those A-B testing tools like Optimizely and Visual mm-hmm. Web Optimizer... Mm-hmm. Um you know they launched those visual overlay um tools for, for for AB testing where you could literally um pull up your page inside their dashboard and live in their dashboard you could edit an AB or create an AB test and change elements on your page without actually having to change the uh the source code and um when I saw Popcorn Metrics I mean that's the first thing that that it, I sort of compared it to um and I just thought uh, you know, that's like to, to to take the same concept and apply it to um, in in this particular way to be able to track event data um, and to be able to then push that data, um, you know, into all these other platforms, which you know we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Uh, I I I don't say this a lot, but I I saw it as genius, and, <laughs> um, and and our experience as digital marketers is 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 exactly the same, um, and to be able to really. You know, take take control as a marketer um, of being able to own that 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 step and that phase of actually integrating uh, your 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 website uh, through Popcorn Metrics and being able to capture all that information um, without relying on anyone else is is so powerful. And it really breaks down. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about with you was this whole idea of big data because it's like one of these massive, well, not massive, but it's one of these words and phrases that everybody uses. But I think the challenge most people have is i mean like aside from what does that mean like it's like trying to capture data in the first place like we just said is so difficult um this really breaks that down and um makes it a lot more uh possible for the for the smaller guys to be able to track meaningful information yeah um so so yeah congratulations yeah. on on making that happen for <laughs> for everybody <laughs> thank you. yeah thank
1: you Thank you. We, we have a lot of work to do. I mean, we're we're off to a great start, yeah. um, but the vision for the product, we still have so much to do. Yeah. Um, I liked your comparison in terms of um, in terms of Optimizely. And um, I think if you were to describe kind of what we what we do in comparison to other tools, I would sort of say if Optimizely and and Segment, Segment yeah. allows you to send data to a lot of different tools. Yeah. But you still need to write the code. Right. Um, if Optimizely and Segment had a baby, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it would be Popcorn Metrics. Because, yeah, right. Because we we we've largely combined.
0: The, <laughs> That's really the, funny. The,
1: yeah, it's the ease of Optimizely with the ability to send data to lots of other tools, including we actually send data to Segment, which means data can then go through. They've got well over a hundred different destinations, and you can right. send data to those destinations again via Popcorn. Right. Um, and 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 also you were mentioning optimizing VWO. Uh, VWO is the uh, is the other leading A/B testing tool. Yeah. They're
0: actually uh, our client. Oh, cool! Very nice. Um, so, look, let's let's go back a step because um, I think you're touching on some other really interesting ideas. Um, but let's maybe try and paint the the ecosystem, I guess, of of how all these platforms sort of work with each other, and oh. and uh, I just I, I guess the ecosystem of of data capturing and then passing it on to all these other platforms. Like maybe can you paint a little, a little picture for us? Um, sure. And, yeah. and, and, and break it down a little bit more for people who are sort of going, what is this guy talking about?
1: <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a good question. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to make that really simple. Yeah. Um, so the ecosystem, as I see it at the minute, it's very fragmented. So I'll, uh, let's take a couple of different kind of scenarios to try to explain that. Yeah. Let's start, um, as we're talking about e-commerce, let's start with the e-commerce kings like Amazon and eBay. Um, Those companies are enormous companies and they have, I haven't worked in them so I don't know the insides, but I expect that they have built internally all of the analytics and automated marketing tools that they possibly could ever need because they have the resources to do so um and that's kind of one end of the of the if you like the marketplace where everything is built in house um and it's exactly tuned to their specific needs but that requires an enormous investment mm. both in time and in developers and takes a lot of time so that's kind of like one end and if you then step back from that a little bit you then have the sort of the enterprise market which which we don't really deal with so much at the minute so I'll say a little bit less about that but that is like integrated tools um let's say maybe more around the HubSpot Marketo type of prob- type of product which uh, which provides a lot of automation and a lot of analytics all in terms of you know one single platform mm. um and there are many others as well um but you pay a lot to use those kind of platforms in terms of using all of those, those platforms you know for all of the different features that they have um, and in and in one way those platforms can be very good because you kind of get everything inside one product mm. um, but then to another extent you kind of get that they're they're more kind of generalized to fit right across that whole spectrum right. so if i step so if i step down from that a little bit smaller and i'm going to give you an example in a moment but if I stepped on from that in terms of the marketplace and maybe for the, let's say, the smaller players, for smaller e-commerce stores, who maybe don't have the access to those kind of resources, or they want to maybe advance more kind of step by step, there are hundreds of different um, marketing tools and analytics tools that you can, that you can incorporate within your e-commerce uh, business. And and they're basically you can think of them as things that you glue on uh, around your platform, and mm. um, and the reason that the reason that people use these is because it saves them having to build that product themselves. And if your business is e-commerce and you're in the business of you know acquiring customers, getting great product, and making that product you know very enticing to your customers, and then converting them into sell it, in, into a customer, um, you don't need to build your own analytics tool. When you can just when you can pay monthly and use somebody else's analytics tool that they've built, mm. that is best of breed and is constantly updated, and every time they make an improvement, you get the benefit of that. Right. There's I know that some companies they like to invest in doing building stuff in house, and it starts off as a great idea, but over time it can really become a big sort of maintenance headache. And as mm. you want to make changes, and as the team changes, so the way that I see the the, the ecosystem at the minute for the the let's say players that are smaller than large enterprise, uh, is more these uh, smaller tools that they can plug in that are very specialized. So Mm. instead of having one massive, very expensive enterprise tool that provides everything, marketing marketing automation, all your channel tracking, all of your conversion tracking and funnels and so forth, Mm. instead of that, you can choose one tool for managing your conversion funnel, You can use one tool for really focusing on your acquisition channels. You can use one tool for really focusing on, let's say, automation and automating messages to your customers Mm. Um, and different other tools. So you can kind of build your own kind of marketing analytics stack. Right. Basically around the tools that, that fit, your needs as a, as a company and i think that's a really great way that the market is yeah and I, like, and I like that it's fragmented because i think it gives people the opportunity to get the best of breed instead of being stuck by the limitations of just one product that right. can be also very very expensive
0: right and then i guess like where you guys fit in is that instead of having to well actually you know what maybe maybe just tell us a I'll, little bit I'll about how, yeah where you guys fit in and and Maybe give us a little bit more insight around the segment piece as well, um, because I, i'm very familiar with it, but i'm sure a lot of people listening probably aren't uh okay
1: so where we come in, where we enter into that is is that all these um, small marketing analytics tools generally there's there, you need to integrate them into your into your platform um and a lot of them for some of them it's just a question of installing a a little snippet of code and that's all you do because they're maybe just uh, tracking something but for a lot of them that are data driven um, and and i should explain that actually because it will make more sense when i've explained it a lot of tools are based upon user behavior inside uh, inside a website or inside a web app Mm. so they are kind of event driven that's what we call it in the industry is we call them events so an event could be when somebody signs up that's a sign up event or when somebody searches for a product that will be a search event when somebody adds a product to their shopping basket that would be a you know add to cart event right. and, and all of these events then get sent into, into these third party analytics tools to enable them to then kind of give value to the end user so if it's, if it's automating a message to a customer that message gets triggered whenever that event fires or perhaps on a delay or if it's measuring a conversion funnel, then each of those events can be key steps in a conversion funnel. Mm. So so the, a lot of the the, the kind of pain that, that our clients have in integrating these other really great um, marketing and analytics tools is the time and the effort that it takes to write the code, to do that integration, to be able to make those events fire. Mm. And that's exactly what we automate. Um, for For our customers, literally by clicking on their own website and saying, "Here's the name of this event and fire it," and then thirty seconds later it's live.
0: right and then and then maybe talk us through a little bit about like so once so so um, you know we're tracking events, popcorn metrics is helping us make that happen really easily. then maybe maybe take us in, into uh, like the next step where we can actually push some of that information into these other platforms you're talking about as well. Okay.
1: So I think um probably a good way to explain that would be to let's let's uh, describe a very simple marketing analytics stack mm. and which would be relevant for pretty much any e-commerce business. Mm. Um uh I'd actually like to explain this in in terms of yeah I think I'll explain this in terms of Amazon and then uh, let's say a, a smaller player. Okay. Um I'll, I'll give an example. So um first off a, a very simple stack of tools that I would recommend pretty much any e-commerce business to use would be uh, a tool for looking at the channel and Google Analytics is incredibly good for that particular job. Uh, it's also free, which is great and mm. um, a tool for measuring um, a conversion funnel, which is literally conversions from whenever somebody you know, first takes a key action on your website until they ultimately become a paying customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, then there would be a funnel tool, something like Mixpanel or Kissmetrics or Woopra. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then, a, and then a third kind of function would be, uh, would be automating messages. Um, uh, and to give you an example of that, um, if you are a, let's say you're an Amazon customer, uh, and you're shopping there and you're browsing and you're browsing for, you want to buy the latest, um, the latest uh, iPhone. Yeah. And, and you put that phone in your shopping cart, but you then don't complete the checkout. Yeah. Smart mail. Smart mail, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so probably you're going to get a, a message will arrive. You'll get an email later on from, from Amazon. It might be later that day. It might be a week later that says, hey, Paul, um, don't forget to check out your iPhone. Or it may be, hey, we've got a new deal on iPhone. It's 10% off this week and so forth yeah so it's that kind of message automation, and that it and that that's the kind of power that a company that Amazon has from their internal systems mm. and it's that it's that kind of ability to automate those kind of messages for the average smaller player as an e commerce mm. that we enable because we enable the, the capture of that behavior and then you can plug in a tool like for example again mixpanel's got messaging uh, customer.io, intercom.io. intercom dot i o and you can have these tools we'll send the events into those tools to say customer John Smith you know added a pair of added an iPhone into the chopping cart, and then in those tools, they can then configure rules that will automatically send an email to that specific customer
0: mm-hmm.
1: relevant to the action that they took to try to get them to the next stage in the funnel
0: yeah yeah and and I mean you can yeah, you can use it for so many things once uh you're able to push that information to a tool like segment, um, you can really then from there just push it anywhere. Yeah. Um but so the other Yeah, the other thing I really like about um this approach of doing it as well is um you know, when you talk about the stack you're talking about before and and being a smaller enterprise and using uh, all these different external um applications to to, to power your different um uh, yeah, whatever it is that that you're looking to do yeah. um you know, once once you've set everything up through you guys once, and you're pushing, uh, pushing, pushing, uh, doing these integrations and pushing them out uh, to third parties, you don't actually have to do the entire setup every single time. And um, that's the beautiful thing about what we're talking about here as well is that um, you know, once you've set everything up on a tracking level once, um, you can push it into any of these platforms, and um, so you don't. Yes, yeah, so you you literally only have to do the main setup once. And and I think the other benefit as well is um, I believe you can push all the historical data as well. Is that right? Or not mm-hmm. really?
1: I think that Segment has got some feature with that. Right. Where if you turn on a – because Segment has advanced a lot since they, since they launched uh, right. a number of years ago because they warehouse all of the data. So if you turn on a new tool, I think they can backfill the data that's missing. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, which is which is really helpful because you get, um, you get the ability to to turn on a new feature uh, mm. and have the benefits of as if you'd had that feature six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and
0: so so let's let's say um, let's say someone's got some stuff set up. Someone's you know tracking uh, some information, and I think I, I, the other big thing when we when we look at um, when people look at data and that whole sort of world of trying to understand numbers better and, and trying to decipher it all, is really um, trying to pick out a couple of key metrics um, that they should really be looking at specifically in benchmarking for their business. Um, yeah. So I was just wondering maybe if you could share with us, um, specifically for you know, online retailers or e-commerce stores, what are <coughs> some of the main metrics uh, that people should be looking at when when they are capturing all this information yeah
1: sure, um, I think that's, that's a really good subject to cover actually Yeah. um so just at a at a very high level in terms of metrics, before I even say like, what to measure, um, like for e commerce there's some really clear stuff, but a, the a metric in itself is only good if it if it if it produces a result um and the result that a metric should produce is it should change your behavior right. Yeah. So, so if, you're, if you're measuring something, you need to be measuring something so that you can take action based upon what that is telling you in order to improve your business. So, uh, so to give you an example um, of what would make a good metric is it needs to be, it's always good if it's, a, if it's like a ratio or a rate. For example, um, like a, a percentage or um, you know, if, you were looking at, if you were looking at, let's say, instead of looking at revenue, Looking at revenue per week, or if you were looking at you know average order size, you would look at average order size you know per customer, or average order size per customer um, per week, or per month. Right. If if you make it a ratio, then it, then it makes it very comparable. So you can then so you can then compare what your numbers are this month with what they were in a previous period. For example, you could look at um, if you were tracking like, your conversion rates um, from. You know, from, from, a, from arrival of a visitor to making a purchase, if you were tracking that as a, as a conversion rate, you would be able to maybe say, okay, so this, this month we are converting 6%, whereas last month we were only converting 5%. Mm. It's, it's, you can, it's, it's really comparable. If you, if you try to measure something that's more kind of, um, let's say, for example, if like, you were like just...
0: specific, me- you mean?
1: Well, well no, I don't mean specific, but I mean something like that's like a like a total that will that will that will just grow. If you if you say if you measured just monthly revenue, full stop or yeah. sorry, our revenue, um then revenue this month versus revenue last month, it's harder to compare because there can be so many things that influence that. Maybe right. your you know your marketing spend was higher this month and therefore the revenue also went up. Yeah. Whereas it whereas if you try if you measure something like a conversion rate, then you, you can compare it across any time period because it's it's not so much influenced by you know by external things. It, it's it's relatively constant. So whether you're whether you're doing more more marketing spend or less marketing spend, your conversion rates would kind of stay more similar. Right. So it makes them more it makes it more comparable.
0: Right.
1: Um two other things on making a good metric would be that it needs to be something that's very simple, and in terms of the whole team can understand it, mm. so that it's shared. Because you really need to get a team to focus on any particular metric. Mm. Um, and the last thing I would say mm. is to avoid any kind of metric that's um, there's something like a, a it's called a vanity metric, a, <laughs> a number that a number that just keeps increasing. Like if like if you're measuring, I know. Let's give you a really silly example. But if we said like total sales. Yeah. Well, at the end of this month our total sales, like since ever, are gonna be higher than they were last month. They're just gonna keep growing. Right. So so it's not a number that you can actually take any action on. Right. And um, plus if it's a number that just keeps growing all the time, you'll kind of feel good and you'll say, hey, this is good, it's bigger than last month. Hey <laughs> That's great. But you can not action and on very you can actually very easily fool yourself yeah. into thinking that you're doing better than you are. So yeah. So with that kind of like context for, for a metric being something that can change your behavior, mm. the, key, the key, one key metric that I would really say for e-commerce is to measure your conversion rate. So your conversion rate from visitors arriving uh, on your website to what percentage end up making a purchase. Mm. That number is, uh, is super valuable. Yeah, and, and it can help you even just get a sense of where you are in the market. For example eBay's conversion rate is about 11.5% right. and they're very, very good at, at e-commerce. Yeah. Amazon, Amazon, their conversion rate is about 9.6%. They're very, very good at e-commerce.
0: Yeah.
1: If you look at the average uh, conversion rate for an, for an e-commerce startup, mm tends to be more around about you know somewhere between one and three percent you know maybe about two percent so it's significantly different right and and in order to to get that to to if you can start measuring that Mm. you can start to track that on a you know on a daily on a weekly on a monthly basis
0: yeah
1: and and once you've got a handle on that you can then start thinking about what can i do to improve that yeah Um, and i'd like to talk a little bit later maybe about kind of like process but but some key things like for e-commerce that drive conversions that, that can help push those numbers out mm. are, you know, really working on, um, you know, loyalty of customers and getting repeat purchases. Yeah. That, that can make a huge impact for e-commerce. Um, having a, 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 a high number of products on offer, because the more products that you have, the more opportunities you have to satisfy the need right. of the customer.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and also for, 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 for e commerce, it is super important to be mobile optimized for search. Mm. About 4.5% of mobile searches
0: lead to a purchase. They're mm.
1: really high intent searches.
0: You mean so, searches in, on the site, right? Or uh, like, like in Google? No, I mean like in Google. Oh, like I somebody, see. Okay. So, I just like wanted, to, wanted to, to clarify. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean in Google. So somebody searching there for a product, the intent to purchase is very high. Right. So you really want to do well in your SEO search results.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Just to take the the conversion percentage a little a little a little step further. One of the metrics I really um, like to uh, when we look at when we're talking about conversion percentages, I like I also like to break it out uh, and looking at a, the conversion number between new visitors versus um, um, repeat purchases. Um, yeah. Because usually the conversion. Uh, on trying to acquire a new customer is always going to be a lot. I mean, yeah, it's it's usually going to be less than uh, people coming back to buy more. Um, because I already Absolutely. have an experience with you. And and usually one of the things that we look at is, um, you know, what is a conversion and what, what what's what's the acquisition cost of a new customer. Uh, what is that conversion percentage, and and then looking at ways to actually improve that specific metric inside the conversion percentage, um, oh, yes. and because that obviously you know obviously gives way to improving like the retention and and, and, uh, and things like that as well that can uh, yeah. be worked on as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that's another thing inside the, the conversion aspect that that I, I think is also an interesting metric to to look at.
1: I think we should probably talk a little bit about conversion. Uh, conversion funnel and probably also maybe a little bit just about uh, acquisition and channels because those are two areas that uh, they're they're really valuable for e-commerce. Yeah, uh, and we can probably add some a little bit of value on on this chat. Yeah. If I if if I jump in just first it. first off into into conversion funnel, um, conversions are super important and um, I'll, I'll just just explain it very for some a very high level conversion is about once somebody's arrived on your website to them ultimately becoming a paying customer that's generating revenue for you and is also ideally super happy so they go and refer other people and they also come back and they purchase and um, and and so in order for a, a customer that's arrived uh, on, on your e-commerce website to to reach that kinda of the goal stage where they're actually a paying customer mm. on, on any e-commerce website there's generally a, a distinct Set of steps that that user will go through from arrival until they've actually decided to make a purchase. Mm. Um, so let's let's just build a like I'll, I'll just give you a very simple kind of example mm. of how, flow of how that might be. And um, somebody might uh, let's just imagine like the first visit for a user. I won't I won't confuse it with first visit and repeat visits. But let's imagine the first visit. Somebody arrives on on your e-commerce website and you've got maybe a bunch of products maybe on your landing page. Um, very often there's a search on an e-commerce product. So a very common um, stage will be that somebody will, like, step one is they'll maybe, like, search for a product um, mm. and hit the search button, and then you'll get a, a filtered list of products. Mm. Um, then from those filtered lists, they'll maybe pick one or two products to have a look at. So then step step two would maybe be, so step one is, like, search for a product. Um, so let's say um, let's say I'm looking search I'm buying shoes. Okay, so a search might be blue shoes. Um, Hit search. Step two then might be whenever I view uh, view some products, right? Mm. So I got view product, um, and i also want to know what was the product that the a person what were they searching for, what did they view. The third step then would be okay. Once I've viewed a few products, I'm going to add one of those products to my to my shopping cart. Mm. So add to cart would be like step three. Um then there might be like a step where maybe I sign up or I put in like my delivery address or something like that um and then so it would be like step four and you know i'd you know i'd you know sign up or add delivery address or whatever, and then step five would be you know put in the credit card make payment mm.
0: those
1: are those are like that's like a very kind of simple five step process to conversion from arrival to putting in the credit card right um so it's like really important in the world of e-commerce to be able to track those key steps
0: right to just
1: to decide for your business what are those key steps mm. um and then, and then track them and and for that that's exactly where you need a a mm. a, a tool uh, one of these uh, analytics tools such as mixpanel or kissmetrics or Wopra and there are others also mm-hmm. um and 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 so that and that's where also popcorn metrics would come in because we enable you to then capture those each of those events as they happen, and be able to send into your funnel tool. Let's say we're using uh, woopro or Mixpanel, so we could send in okay, user does a search, so that's a search event, and that they'd searched for blue shoes, so you know what they were looking for. Mm. And then next step, okay, they added this particular product, so you know what product they put in the cart, and and each of those steps would would get would get put into the funnel. What that then gives you is the ability to actually view in, one, in, in a tool like Mixpanel or, or Whipra or Kissmetrics. You can view a funnel, which tends to go like, you know, sort of left to right. So the majority of people will take the first step, and then you'll lose a few people because not everybody does every step. So you know, some less people will do the second step, and then again, less people will take the third step. Then a smaller number of people will take the fourth step, and then you know, the, the smallest number of people will take that final step and put in their credit card. Because it kind of diminishes as you take each step. Right. That's that's why it's a funnel because it's yeah. getting smaller. So, it's, so in terms of that, once you can measure that and visualize that, you can start to spot where in that funnel there's maybe a big drop off. So um, so if there's like one area, maybe maybe people who do it are searching a lot, mm. and they're like viewing products, but they're not adding anything to the cart. Right. You might you might want to then have a look at like you know that step well, you know, from view product to add to the cart and start thinking about how can I improve that step in the funnel? Um, or it could be that they're putting it in, in in the cart, but they're not checking out. Ah, okay, how can I improve the checkout stage? So having that, that ability to track that funnel, to be able to view it visually, and these tools enable you to do that yeah. very nicely, yeah. it gives an e-commerce um, marketer the ability to really focus on where they, where they can put in extra effort to improve their business, to improve that overall conversion rate.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, just And just to sort of help paint that picture a little bit more, like uh, I, from what I'm understanding you're saying is that you've got your, your main metric, which is the conversion percentage. It's, it's, you're trying to close a sale, you're trying to close more sales. And then within that, through all of these tools, where um, we have uh, a visual picture of funnels that allow us to then make uh, decisions around how to, do certain things that 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 creates this overall effect of improving that conversion metric at the end of the day, and that exactly. really drives the conversion or the optimization uh, you know ecosystem of, of of your marketing strategy i guess yeah yeah um, and then yeah. on the other side um, because for, for me uh, what you 're saying makes total sense because I always look at everything uh, before a sale and after a sale, and the two main uh, and 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 this is Actually, if, if anyone's interested in reading more about, you know, what Paul's talking about, there's a great book I, I read uh, a couple of years ago called The Startup. What's it called? The Lean Startup? Yeah. Um, Eric Reed's book. Yeah. And it really covers this this concept of uh, having these two main metrics. And and Paul's just been talking about on the conversion side uh, to actually close a sale. Um and, and, to, and to increase sales, but then once the sales be made, I guess the other metric on the other side of the fence is really around retention and getting someone either to make another sale or to make them, yeah, I mean, generally to spend more once they've made, made their first sale. Um, and I guess that could be considered another main metric. Um, and then inside that metric, just like you've got the funnel to close sales, you've got um, a whole bunch of strategies and a whole bunch of ways to use these platforms that the Paul's talking about to actually get people then to make another sale and then to use, you know, all these little strategies, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, lo- there's loads that you can do around retention. And there are, there are a lot of tools that are um, very kind of specific to e-commerce in terms of helping promote sales. Yeah. Um, and like even a very simple thing around retention can be can be can be small things like automating emails a if you know if somebody's made a purchase you can you can automate an email that's uh, that's just a a few days later saying hey thanks for buying you know blue shoes on our website yeah i really appreciate your custom you know i'd love to you know uh, you know i hope you'll come back and be a customer i'd love to know if there's any way we can help you right,
0: right.
1: Um so something like that could be just a kind of trying to build loyalty
0: yeah and um,
1: if you know what uh, products your customers are searching for because you're capturing that information whenever they search or mm. whenever they view a product and that's getting sent into your tools you can then start to automate messages that can be relevant because you can so you can start to segment your customers better. Yeah. So you would be able to say, okay, so this kind of customer is really, you know, he's always shopping for shoes. He never looks at shirts. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking clothes here for an example. I don't know why, but I am. And so if you know your customer loves shoes, then okay, it helps you segment those customers, and then you can start to then kind of like either automate messages or build campaigns mm. around their specific needs. Mm. And again, it's that kind of level of detail and granularity can can yeah. really help yeah. on the other side of things there's also the we were talking a little bit sort of around um around customer acquisition and channel um and and i think that there's something really interesting to say around that because it relates it relates to kind of how marketing and uh, i think is, is is different now from how it previously was um in terms of I think a lot of marketing in, in, in the past was kind of focused on doing strategies to acquire customers to a website and generating leads, uh, and it was kind of to a large extent okay. That's the marketing part done now. I now I sort of, I've created the lead. There you go. Now it's over to you know. It's up to you to kind of convert that into a sale.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and and what I've seen and it's really interesting. I was talking to one of our clients the, the other day about how they'd use Popcorn Metrics to understand this if if there's a difference between somebody you know kind of taking that first step and maybe just signing up or registering to be a user versus when they actually become that paying customer
0: right and
1: and something that i think is really valuable for any e-commerce business to look at is is to look at their their channels that they're using when i say channel i mean distribution channels customer acquisition channels the different way that they bring users to their platform be it mm. That they're using Google AdWords, if they're using natural, you know, if they're using SEO, if they're using Twitter, if they're using Facebook marketing, if they're using mm-hmm. advertising on another website, all the different ways of generating customers. And um, but what's really important in that is to is to is to actually take a look for each channel and see, of these channels, which channels are not just generating like the early stage in the funnel, like not just which channels are getting more people to maybe you know, arrive at the platform or, or search for products. So there's kind of like early stage steps in the funnel, mm. but which channels actually generate the users that go on to become paying customers. Right. And it's really interesting because they're not necessarily the same. We had a customer um, who was, they were doing advertising across a bunch of different channels mm. and they installed popcorn metrics so that they could measure these events deeper inside of, their, uh, in, inside of their funnel. Specifically what they did was they broke their funnel down into about five different steps, and they sent an event for each one of those steps into Google Analytics. And then in Google Analytics, you can turn an event into a goal. We don't really have time to talk about how to do that today, but it's yeah. very easy. Yeah. And, then, and then in Google Analytics, they were able to look at their channels, not just in terms of, of people at the start of the funnel, but they started to say, okay, for all these channels, which channels are actually getting me customers that are paying? And what they discovered was around about half of what they were spending, about 50% of their spend, was were on channels that weren't actually generating that much revenue. Mm. Whereas they discovered that there, were, there was one channel that they were spending on and that was generating good revenue. So they were able to divert revenue from channels that weren't producing well right. in, into the other, which has enabled them to accelerate their growth. And there's different ways you can do that. You can either you know, cut back on the spend and you just pay less than to acquire a customer, mm. which is great. Yeah. Or you can divert that in more effort into that channel and really make the most out of it. Right. And they, the other thing that they discovered was that there was a channel that they weren't really putting much effort into, mm. but it was generating really good, uh, really good results. Um, and when they realized that this channel had a really good result rate, they decided to put extra effort into that, and that also has helped them build their business. So it's really important, I think, to look at your channels right. not just in terms of early stage, but looking at which channels actually generate people who end up becoming paying customers.
0: Wow, wow, that was really, really insightful, actually. Um, if 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 you're listening, um, that was, yeah, I mean that's that that's the basically what we try and tell everyone we work with um, to 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 think about and try and achieve. So um, I think you summed it up really, really nicely just then. Um, so I th- I think we've 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 covered quite a bit. There was just one one more thing that I wanted to ask you um, in terms of using some of this data that we're capturing and pushing out to some of these other platforms. Um, we've mentioned uh, like using this to to send automated emails, and um, uh, that's a lot of stuff that we cover at Smartmail. Um, but I'm not going to get into a whole sales round about it. Um, w- just the last question: Are there other some some other uses to push this to push this information through to um, whether it's maybe behavioural stuff on site or for um, for live chat i don 't know are there other uses you could you could give us some examples for um, that 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 this data that we 're capturing can be used for as well yeah um yeah, there would be i mean the, the three that I really focus on
1: yeah. uh, and in our work with our clients they 're the highest value are focusing on channel
0: yeah. um,
1: focusing on conversions and focusing on the automation because that 's really there 's really high leverage stuff but right. you can do you can do other things for example. Um, you can, um, for example, that you were saying with with like, um, you can have little pop up windows with questions or like context sensitive help. Right. So so again, you can drive that by you can drive that by behaviors. Hmm. Um. Uh, so for example, if a, if a user has has done something in particular, they've maybe searched for three different products, and after searching for three products, they still haven't put something in their cart. Well, that might, that might be a moment at which you might automate some kind of message right there on the, you know, on the screen mm. that says, you know, hi John, I see you're looking for, you know, maybe I can help you, or mm. you know, that can that can lead. Them. Now, those are kind of different kind of uses because those can be very good for kind of understanding, getting qualitative input from your customer. Right. So, so those can be, um, maybe maybe not so. Super focused on the conversion, although obviously one intent is to help that customer ultimately make a mm, purchase mm. but but it can reveal insights because there may be um, there may be uh, user experience issues mm. that a customer is having maybe they're just not able to find the button mm. or, or or you know they start, but they, it's you know it's not apparent to them and mm. sometimes in the answers that come back from users, you, you get really valuable qualitative you know words phrases that users use. That you can get great insights. Yeah. And, and, and that could be really helpful, A, to kind of to to reveal maybe some problems on your website that you didn't even know existed, but that once you know them, you can then address them and, and maybe fix them. Yeah. Or also you can get maybe the kind of questions that a user might ask you can really help you understand how your users describe your product or your service or what it is that they're looking for. Mm. And that again can help you capture the right kind of keywords but then you can feed back into your marketing, back into your landing pages, back into your AdWords campaigns, back mm. into your, your keywords you might target on search. Yeah. So it's a different, I mean, it's actually a really good example. I'm glad you asked about that. Um, and again, triggering that based upon somebody's user, somebody's activity, mm. can enable you ask, to ask the right question to the right user at the yeah. right time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think,
0: yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very powerful. and. Um, I think being able to use these tools and being able to capture this information and put it push it into a live chat tool or whatever tools you're using to do things like that is also, like you said, it's <clears throat> it might not be directly related to, um, you know, uh, a revenue number or a revenue metric, um, but it's it kind of it all helps and um, yeah, yeah, I think does. they're all they're just all doesn't... play a part in their role.
1: I'm just thinking very specifically as I was describing that. I think it would be helpful to actually say products that do this. Yeah. Um. So, for example, Whopra is great for funnels, and that's yeah. an integration that we have. We send data to, and also yeah. to Segment via Popcorn. Yeah. Um. They have a number of plugins that you can then use to then, based on those events, then have other things fire. Yeah. And and one of them is one of those tools. I think it's Qualaroo. I'm not 100% certain, but I think it's Qualaroo. So that you can then have those those very questions pop up right there on the website.
0: Yeah. And, and they're contextually relevant. They're not just generic messages that might not even make sense for what you just did. It would be specific to your specific use case. Uh, if you that make, is, yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. And it, context is everything. because yeah. it, it's like the you know automating messages to customers. It's not the same message to everybody. Mm. And, and and these days, you know, buyers, shoppers, you know, they're they're very very articulate and advanced and and sensitive to a message that's just a global message versus a message that's super in the context of me and my needs and what I'm doing or what I've done, mm. it, it, that, that's uh, so much more valuable as a message. So context, yeah. super important.
0: Yeah. Okay, Paul, I think we're going to wrap it up there. I think um, there's definitely definitely some really interesting insights and, and some great tips on, on just how to really approach analytics and data and capturing it and using it. And um, So thanks so much for taking some time today to... to you know, talk with us and, and hopefully people listening, um, if, if if you're really looking to kickstart whatever it is, wherever you're holding in, in that area of your online business, you should definitely check out Popcorn Metrics um, because I've, look, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been around the block a little bit and um, it was, you know, one platform when we came across it, really um, helpful for us and um, I, I think you guys are going to Hopefully, you know I think you guys are going to be huge because it's, it really is a massive. It's it's solving a massive problem. Um, so again, thanks for joining us, and um, let's 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 be in touch.
1: Daniel, uh, it's been my pleasure. I've, I've actually really enjoyed chatting here today. Cool. Um, and I appreciate the kind of things that you said about our company. Yeah. Um, and I, I know you guys are not actually our customer as well. So, I mean, I know that you really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we've, we've a massive vision for the product. We have so much that we want to build. Um, so we have a long way to go. Um, but we're off to a great start. And, uh, well, thank you very much for your time. It's been no a pleasure. No worries. To, to we'll today. be in touch.
0: Okay. Thanks, Paul.